0: This is episode 7 of Coaching Connections with Marcus Alvarado. And wow, let me just let me just say wow, that's all I got. I don't know what else to say. You know, I sat and talked to two coaches that either used to coach or are currently coaching at the rival school where I coach. You know, when you talk about Harlandell versus McCullum and the impact that has on our community, it's such a beautiful thing. And I'm glad we were able to sit down and talk about it. Uh, coach Chris Adamack and Coach Eric De Los Santos um, good friends of mine, we had a chance to talk about some of the great, epic battles that we've had coaching against each other or playing in it as young kids. Uh, we talked about their coaching journeys and the journeys through their profession. A lot of great insight in this episode. I hope y'all enjoyed this as much as I did. Lord knows I enjoyed it. Episode 7, Chris Adam Mack, Eric De Los Santos, The Frontier Bowl Edition. Let's get after it.
1: Can you hear me, Marcus? There you are. Everything going okay? I'm surviving. I'm making it. Yeah. <laughs> How you been? Doing okay. Uh, it's a different world, man. I got my son's birthday coming up next week. He's turning 18. So we'll figure that out. How'd you celebrate, right? Yeah, him him graduating and everything. But uh, he's he's been awesome. Uh, he's he's taking it like a champ. So I'm doing things that I haven't done in a long time. Uh, feel well rested too. Uh, I don't know if that's an indictment on our profession or how I treated it or what I did, but I hadn't felt this well rested in I don't know 15 years. Nice. I saw you you're shooting hoops with your dad. Um, yeah, I didn't know you saw. <laughs> just saw. Is he, is he the that. one who? Is he the one who got you going with with basketball? He was. He was.
0: He, he put a goal in the backyard uh, when I was a kid and never let me win until I was good enough to win. Right? He never ever let me win. Which I think was a good thing. At the time I yeah. didn't like it. I was frustrated as a kid and angry and he'd block my shot and be a bully, but uh um I look at this background here.
2: <laughs> nice. What's up, Eric? How's it going guys?
1: Good. Pretty good. How you
2: doing? I had to do a background because I don't have an office because
1: it's uh a,
0: a fitting background. That's sport. a pretty good background right there. <laughs> I like. Oh, I was just telling him about my dad uh beating me up as a kid on the basketball
1: court and not letting me win.
2: Yeah.
1: I guess it helped. Yeah, competitive drive. My dad didn't My dad didn't get me started. Uh, I had my best friend was uh, my two best friends were the Shivers brothers, both D1 guys, and they beat me up. They were merciless. <laughs> um, I just wasn't as good as they were. I wasn't as talented. I got better, but I had a rough education.
0: Yeah, but it helped. I think it helped us in the long run. The competitive drive. I mean, if my dad would have let me let let me win when I was a kid, I don't maybe I wouldn't have wanted to improve, right? But he was swatting my stuff and. Just being a bully up until I was old enough to bully him back, and then, he, then, and
2: then when that happened, he stopped playing me. That's exactly what happened with mine. So, so he beat the crap out of me like everybody else. And when I got to about seventh or eighth grade, and I started beating him, he said, nah, "I'm done," and we never played again. That was the last time. Nah, I'm, busy. I'm busy. Yeah, that was the last time. Now he would play on my team. Uh, <laughs> we played my uncle and his friends and stuff like that, but he wouldn't. Uh, he wouldn't play me anymore. <laughs>
0: Well, I appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to hop on. And I know everybody's schedule is a little different. Um, you know, what I've been doing is just just getting to know guys. I think coaches uh, in our profession have the ability to change lives. And I think we have this innate ability to develop impactful, meaningful relationships with young people. And so I like to just get to know coaches, even though I know some of you guys, right? But not everybody knows what it is. You know, a coach has inside of them that allows them to develop these relationships. So I appreciate you guys taking time to talk.
2: You got it, man.
1: Thanks for doing this, Marcus. You got some good combos the first few times. So joy and thankful to be on here with, with Eric. Well, I appreciate
2: you guys. You got yeah, hopefully, you. hopefully Chris and I don't mess it up.
1: No, y'all will be fine.
0: <laughs> I feel I'm, I'm, surrounded, I'm surrounded by a lot of Indian pride right now, so I got to. Got to be careful.
1: <laughs> You're probably feeling the tension right now. Let Hey, let me put it out right now. <laughs> I am so glad that I am not playing either of y'all in district anymore. That just that made me ill the last two years. So, hey. Yeah. That's, go do your own deal. I'm I'm done with y'all. Oh.
2: And that, that needs to be a topic of conversation for us because, man, like Coach said, these, these past two years probably aged me about five or six on top of what I was already aging because – It was brutal. Every night was just brutal. Let's just talk about it now. I mean, what
0: what is – I mean, I loved our district in the sense that it was super competitive. And there was so many different styles of basketball being played and and game playing and the scheming. But talk about the highs and the lows of of playing in the district the way we had it stacked with good, solid quality basketball teams.
2: Yeah, you know what – one thing I learned from, from Coach Adamick being around Coach Adamick is really enjoying the wins. Uh, they they don't always come around uh, as often as we like, but uh, when we do win, we have to make sure and enjoy it and enjoy it with our kids. And uh, that's one thing I I, I got from him, is, uh, along with a lot of other things. But he you know he really enjoyed the wins with his kids, and that, that's the one thing I got from him. So uh, you know, as coaches, we got to have a short memory and. Uh, I think when we played in that district, it was even shorter because you know we had to turn around and get ready for you know the next opponent, which is probably just as good or not, if not better than the one we just played uh that night so uh it was tough it was tough mentally uh it was a grind um, and it just night in night out you could get beaten that's that 's something that not everybody can say that they had and that was like Coach said earlier i 'm thankful we 're not in that one anymore that 's just a, that was just a beast of a district and you know, we're going to move on, and we're happy to move on. That's just the way it is.
0: No, I talked to Coach Hubbard a few days ago, and he said, uh, you're welcome uh, for taking Wagner off of our hands.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, that it wasn't just them. Yeah, that, that was that was a granted, but it was just night in and night out. Even the bottom teams, were, they could beat you if you didn't show up. And that was – that's uh, – as a coach, that's something that doesn't sit well with you because <laughs> there's not somebody that you're just going to walk in the gym and, and you're going to
1: win. Absolutely. Yeah, Marcus, the – Wagner, you had to play perfect just to be in the game, but it, it wasn't just them. It was everybody else. There was a lot of uh, great schools that didn't even make the playoffs that in any other district, they'd have been playoff, playoff teams easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys, McCollum, Seguin, uh, I mean, there wasn't any nights off. Uh, Coach Leach, my – my mentor used to used to say, "You got to have a few water games where you're just looking forward to the cheeseburger afterwards." And we we didn't have any of those. Everybody was good, um, and anybody could beat anybody, with the exception possibly of Wagner on any given night. So, um, yeah, we do need to. We tried to enjoy the wins as much as possible, and uh, just keep our. I tried to keep my players in the dark as much as possible about what was coming up, and just to try to enjoy the. Enjoy the moment, so. Well, it's been a pleasure, Chris, competing with you. I know, uh,
0: you know, we, we did during your time in Harlandale, and then luckily you landed back in our district uh, when the line realignment happened, so we got to still compete against each other, and, and so it's always a pleasure playing against a well-coached team, such as the teams that you produce.
1: Same with you, It's and I remember, I mean, we were a little bit better than you guys this year, but. I remember when you guys won the district title not too long ago, and uh, that was pretty frustrating. Uh, you guys having to go and getting kicked around a little bit—that that wasn't too much fun. So, well, much respect, and we'll touch on some of those battles a little bit later.
0: Um, we got a little little segment talking about the, the good old rivalry. Uh, but first let's just talk a little bit about uh this whole COVID situation. How are you guys holding
2: up? What are you doing to stay busy? Well, I think uh, this just goes as a as a general statement. Uh you know, the 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 COVID deal, of course, it's it's been it's been a point of adversity for for so many people. Uh but there has been a bright side to things. I think um people have definitely um stopped taking things for granted. Uh, like going out to the store and, and, and most importantly, being with your family. Um, You know, all three of us are, are all have, have full families and, you know, we don't get to spend as much time with them as, as, as we'd like. But uh, this time is in in the sense, it's been a blessing that, you know, we get to be, be a part of our families again for a while. Um, You know, we've uh, just speaking on my family in, in my neighborhood in general, you know, there's so many people out walking and, and and exercising and riding their bikes and it's been really neat to see people out again um it reminded me when you know when we were growing up and and people were always outside drinking out of the water hose and 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 just drenched with sweat you didn't come back in till till it was dark and uh, that's just the way it was and i think um with this it's kind of knocked us back a little bit and and made made us realize what's going on what's really important Uh, and that's our families and and that's those are the things that we, we really focused on you know with the with the break that we've had, you know, unfortunately with the, with all the things that are going on, but, uh, th- that, that would, have, would be my bright spot in things that we've definitely spent more time with our family.
0: Definitely put things back into perspective a little bit. Chris.
1: I think with all the COVID stuff, you know, obviously everybody there's no off season. Everybody's at home. Uh, I miss the face-to-face with the kids. Uh, the Zoom is not the same. Just like with you guys, this is different than being with you and uh, having conversations with you before a game or uh, in the offseason or something like that. Um, like Eric was saying, though, there has been a lot of good. I've talked to so many of my players who have spent some time with my dad. I'm doing this with my sister. She's home from college. Um I mean, I'm doing this with my mom, so there has been a lot of time. Uh, we've kind of had to hit the reset button a little bit, and uh, it's been nice for me personally. I've got two high school kids, uh, and they're forced to hang out with me, uh, which is great for me. And they've they've adjusted to it, um, but uh, it's it's been nice uh, an added bonus being with them. So. Awesome.
0: Um, let's talk a little bit about your childhood growing up. Um, you know, where did you grow up? Maybe some influences in your life that have kind of sent you down this path of education and coaching. Um, and we'll start there.
2: Well, uh, you know, it's funny. I just had a conversation with a friend of mine It started off as a, a political conversation and it kind of branched off into, uh, you know, how we grew up. And, uh, you know, I was pretty fortunate. Both of my parents were educators and, I really don't know anything different. Um, you know, they've, they've been educators most of their lives, and uh, that's all I know. I, I know going to the field house with my dad and going to uh, the classroom with my mom and trying to help her get ready for her classroom. So uh, I've really grown up in, in this uh, profession and just kind of the family business in that sense. And, uh, you know, thankfully, I've I've been blessed to be around not only them, but but some really good coaches like Coach Adamack and. Uh, coach Soto, that's now our superintendent here, there at Harndel ISD, and uh, they've really helped show me the way and, and show me how to how to be a good coach and a good teacher, and that's, I think that's what's in, what's important. That uh, that kind of kind of goes off to our kids and, and, and let them see a good example.
1: Coach Edelman, I guess. Well, growing up, I, I started playing ball. I had a had a dirt court. I had my. In my basket up to the telephone pole, and uh, that's that's kind of where I learned the, the game. Um, I uh, played for Coach Leach at Bernie High. Uh, I was a point guard for him. We had a couple uh, pretty good players on our team. Uh, I was the guy that uh, got yelled at the most and said uh, uh, he told me not. To turn it over as long as I didn't turn it over and got it to the good players that I could stay in the game and I wouldn't get taken out so I, I knew my role really well uh, but uh, the relationship with him because he had come to Bernie at a point where we had just moved up a class and we're not winning to go from you know really being dormant my freshman year to being successful my junior and senior year the relationship that we developed I wanted to Continue that and do the same thing. And to a certain extent, uh, I think I have. I, that's my favorite part about the profession is uh, all the players and all the former players and all these former Harlan guys. Uh, Eric went to to Harland before I I, gained, I got there. But uh, just to see all the uh, former players at the alumni tournament and uh, to see these guys who are coaching now. Uh, Ernest who's at McCullum he's the girls coach and Ricky Montez and guys that are teachers like Jaime Lira he's at Holmes he's a teacher all these guys are so successful and they've kept in touch with me over the years and that's that's really my favorite part because wins and losses they come and go I mean Eric beat me Marcus you've handed it to me before and you know we've battled back and forth and you know to a certain extent I I forget some of those who went who won who lost but I remember all the players I remember all the the McCullum players I remember all my Harland players I I tell you what these kids here in Bernie they're great too they've kept in touch with me and they've loved on me during this time I mean kids are kids and they they've got different issues and different problems those kids on the south side uh but they're I've I've taken a liking to to him to these guys here in the last two years as well.
2: Marcus, uh, don't don't buy all that stuff that Chris wasn't a good player, because uh, <laughs> I've I, I've seen the the Godfather's Coach Leach's post, and Chris is up there pretty good. Oh, I've, uh, I've he, seen it. I've, I've seen the yeah. post
0: and the, the, the <laughs> scrapbook uh, pictures and the whole deal.
2: Yeah, don't don't let him don't let him don't let him fool you. He was a good player, and 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 Coach Leach will tell you. And, you know, he's just being modest.
1: I, I play,
0: very humble, very modest man. We appreciate that though about you, Chris. I
1: play I played back when we uh had to jump it after every made basket. That's
0: that's <laughs> man. Let's talk a little bit about your journey, your your coaching journey, right? Where did you start, you know, uh up until this point and uh, some influences along the way.
2: Yeah, well, uh you know, I, I guess I'll go first, but uh you know, I, like I said earlier, I was uh brought up in the coaching profession, so I had a lot of doors that were open to me. I was actually able to coach at Central Catholic uh under Coach Enrico in football and then Coach Ibarra, that, that uh he was uh, the basketball coach at the time and uh I really got my feet wet with him. Um and then uh, as I graduated, I I got a I got a break in Got lucky to uh, get on with with Coach Klann and, and Coach Soto at McCollum, and where I spent uh, years there and uh, really really learned that uh, I didn't know as much as I thought I did. Um, you know th- those two guys in their in their own sense uh, really know their profession and know their uh, their expertise. Uh, so it was a really good learning experience, and uh, you know I'm really thankful for them and and for the opportunity I had at McCollum. Which, uh, you know, well, obviously it's our rival and it's always been our rival and to wear green, that was a little difficult, but uh, green was also the color of money. So that, that helped me, uh, that helped me wear that green and gold. So, uh, but I was thankful to be a part of that and be a part of that community. Uh, and then after that, I was, I was pretty fortunate that I was, I was 26 and I uh, got my first head job at uh, Jefferson high school and in in SEISD where I was there for five years um, and uh there again again you get knocked on your butt a little bit and you figure out you're not as good as you thought and you don't know as much as you do as you thought you did um and uh i really really learned uh from you know getting thrown in the fire there because you know as as a young guy you think you know everything you think you can change the world you, think you can change uh communities and, and and schools and get them on the right track but uh you know sometimes it just doesn't work out and um that's one of the things I learned from that situation is, no matter how hard I tried, it just it wasn't in the cards, and that's just, you know, just the way it is. And and now, uh, you know, Coach uh, Art is there, and he's doing a great job, and he's got it going. I'm appreciative of that opportunity that I had for five years. Uh, then I was lucky enough to to be under uh, Coach Adamac for for three years and really learn uh, from him and 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 learn a lot of different aspects, not just basketball, but uh, just you know, coaching and and relationship with the kids and you know uh I I'm pretty fortunate that um I got uh, to coach under the the two of the most or uh, you know I'm not afraid to say two two of the best coaches in uh, Harndo ISD history in in coach uh, coach Adamek and coach Soto and uh they had some huge success and I think we'll talk about one of their battles here in a little bit uh when they played in the third round against each other at the Word, and I was there to watch that game but um you know, not, yeah, not not many people get to say that they uh, they get to coach with with people like that, and uh, I was just real fortunate to have them. You know, Coach Soto uh, has a different mindset than than Coach Adamek, and he's gonna he's gonna really concentrate on the defensive side. Not that uh, Coach Adamek doesn't, because he does, but you know, Coach Adamek is a offensive genius in that sense. Um, so I I really got the the uh, the taste of both worlds, and that, and i uh, just, you know, I've been really lucky to be, be uh, under their coaching tree, and you know, thankful that that, uh, you know, I had those years of experience with them, and then, uh, you know, the, the last three years, have been extremely blessed to be the head coach at Harndel, and uh, you know, taking over for Coach Adamak and uh, the foundation and and uh, the pride that he said that he has uh, set in that program, uh, it just it just made life a little easier for me. And uh, you know, I just hope I'm doing it justice there. Coach Eric.
1: Well, Marcus, uh, first I'm going to start with with Eric. It was he wasn't under me. He was. Uh, it was like having two head coaches. His his mentor was was Jerry Soto, um, and he had had head coaching experience for five years at Jefferson. So when he when he came to uh, Harlandale, uh, it was like having two head coaches. We were. Kind of on the same level, so uh, it, was, it was awesome having him. He uh, injected me with a little defensive enthusiasm, <laughs> um, so to speak. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it's, I uh, I started at Hayes High School in the mid nineties. Um, I was assistant coach there. Uh, I was a head coach at Three Rivers for a couple years. I still remember. The head football coach asked me if I knew anything about football. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I, I can coach football. I was so eager to be a head coach. And We're in our first meeting, and, you know, there's four of us on the staff. I mean, it's a 2A school. And, you know, Chris, I want you to work with the three techniques. And he goes on and on about the defensive line. And I'm thinking for the life of me, how can I convince this guy that I know what the heck a three technique is? I have no clue. And
2: (laughs) Chris thought he meant a three-pointer.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Eventually, he he figured it out pretty quick. He moved me. I was wide receivers coach and secondary coach. So he put me with the little skinny guys after that. Um, But uh, that was awesome. I got to make a lot of mistakes, make a lot of friends. I I was there for two years and uh, got to be Coach Leach's assistant after that for the Burning Greyhounds. And that was a lot of fun. My high school coach is more of a – father-son type of deal, and uh, I talked about him earlier, uh, to get to coach for three years, and I yelled at him like he was my dad, and he would tell me to shut up and sit down and be quiet and go talk to this kid, and so it was, it was quite a relationship, but uh, I wanted to be head coach again, and the Harlandale job came open, and uh, for whatever reason, they Chose an old country boy to come down to Harland Hill High School. And from the minute I walked into that gym, guys, uh, I, was, I had my first open gym. And there was all these guys that could play. And there was this little guy that looked like a boxer. His name was Jonathan Gonzalez. And that kid could play. Uh, and I had I had the Clemens brothers and the Mancha, Victor Mancha in there, and I, uh, just all these great players the first year when I walked in there. Uh, so I just walked into a fantastic uh, situation. Uh, we were fortunate enough to move down a class two, um, and that really helped us out um but uh i my main thing was how do i convince all these tough hard-nosed uh kids that that i'm on their side and i'm with them um and it, it took a while but uh once once they figured i was in it for the long haul uh, i just loved the kids there uh loved how they played hard for me i loved how they would do anything for me uh, I really felt like I was making a difference there too, because you get some kids who are way out of bounds, and you help them, and they 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 get their life straight, and they turn things around, and uh, that really those those kind of stories they they meant a lot to me. And you, I mean, you keep in touch with those kids. I mean, you guys know that for the rest of your life. I mean, those relationships don't go away. Um, they, you lose some. I've had some situations where kids across lines that uh i i wasn't able to, to save them from but uh that's that's been the funnest part um uh, uh being there for 14 years and all the all the relationships um and then i uh i got out of coaching uh it was a great year i got to Drive my uh, daughter, Sarah, to uh, middle school every morning. I worked across the street at the Alternative Center. Uh, but it was a great year. I got to help my parents like I would never. I hadn't helped them in uh, 15 years. Uh, so I got to do a lot of stuff for them. Got to watch some of my son's ball games. Uh, he was a Bernie Graham. Uh And then my, uh, my old high school coach uh, retired and became straight AD. And I mean I was... I was here, and to choose somebody that was not even was not even not even coaching uh, to to come back and to be to to take over for him and to lead one of the what I think is one of the best jobs in the state uh, was truly. Uh, I mean, I, I'm still astonished is a good word. Um, so. Uh, been thankful uh, having that job the last two years and being able to connect with kids. And, um, I still have my my high school coach is my my boss, and he still yells at me like I'm 14. You that hasn't changed. Uh, that's not going to change either, which I'm thankful for. I, I need that from time to time. I need to get popped and put back in line. Uh, but just thankful to be here and uh, looking forward to this next season. I think. We got a chance to be really good, um, but uh, just a just thankful for what I have because not everybody gets a second chance.
0: Let's talk about that a little bit. Just the fact that you know, Eric graduated from McCull- in mean, and he he's back at his alma mater. And now, granted, you graduated from the Greyhounds, right, Bernie Greyhounds?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but you're back in Bernie coaching in your hometown. Uh, just some of the feelings about being back home and coaching there for both of you guys
1: uh coming back home and coaching here first as an assistant uh for the greyhounds and then as a head coach at the newer school um you got a lot of new relationships but you have a lot of old ones as well and there's a lot of uh, a lot of my classmates who are still in town uh there's a lot of older guys that saw me play in high school and still think I'm 18 or 19 years old when I see him at H-U-B. Hey, yeah, I remember that game in 1990 when you guys – oh, uh, uh, yes, sir, yes, sir. That was good, yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, that stuff, is it's like it's frozen in time. Yeah. They don't realize, hey, guys, I'm in my late 40s. I've, I've done a couple things since playing high school basketball. But that's, that's where they go back to. Uh, I guess my parents go back to that a little bit as well, and so my mom's always comparing everything to my high school team. Uh, but uh, that's that's part of the fun part is all the connections that you have.
2: There. Sure. Well, uh, you know, and and Marcus, you can speak to this definitely because you know we're we're neighbors. But uh, you know, even though Harndell's, uh, I guess, would be an inner city uh, school, uh, I guess you can classify it as that but um even though we are you know classified in that sense but our community is very much a small town uh community so much like like Chris experience we have a lot of that uh and our community is really really proud of uh their history and 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 the people that have walked through those halls and um it's a it's a real special place and that uh you know people don't uh, they don't forget um you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go to an ATB around there or go to an Applebee's or something around there. And, uh, you'll get, you know, somebody that'll come up and, Hey, I remember seeing you play in this game and that game, and you were part of this and you play with so-and-so. And, and and I'm just shaking my head. I was like, yeah, uh, sure. (laughs) You know, it, it it happens all the time. And, um, you know, we, we've talked about, uh, briefly about our alumni tournament and, and McCollum has one as well, but, uh, we have one of the biggest alumni tournaments, uh, probably in the state of Texas, and uh, we have a 26, 28 team alumni tournament that goes on a, a span of three days, and we've got all sorts of uh, classes and divisions, and and all sorts of people that have graduated from Harlandale and they come back and they play for a weekend, and uh, it's really a, a great sight to see uh, all these alumni and 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 find uh, some common ground, and and basketball is that. That common ground, they they go and they spend a weekend. And they get to uh, spend time with each other's families, and and, and that's something that not everybody has. Um, you know, Chris kind of kind of understates his his influence there and in, uh, in our program. But uh, you know, when when Chris would walk into alumni tournaments like Michael Jordan and everybody yeah. goes goes yeah. up to him and and, and talks good. to him, and yeah, and and um, that's just a testament on on the things that he accomplished there at Arundel and the. the the, uh, the relationships that he, he built and that, that he still keeps in contact with his kids and, and you know, they, they keep uh, track of what he's doing and that's just the way our community is and, we're, uh, and McCollum has just very blessed and, it's, uh, you know, Chris and I have, have talked about it quite often and, you know, Harndell is uh, one of the best-kept secrets in the state of Texas and um, we like it like that and uh, we like the little underdog Sense that we have, and the little chip on our shoulder, but there's no no place like it, and uh, you know I can't I can't underscore that enough.
0: I'll say this about uh, one about the alumni tournaments. I think those things are better than high school reunions, right? I mean, every every summer for one weekend, you get all kinds of classes and people just hanging out and mixing it up and, and, and talking. Like you said, the families are hanging out, and it's it's a really neat experience to see uh people giving back right through basketball so i mean yeah it's fun but they're also you know they're paying an entry fee and their families are paying the door at admission knowing that all the money from all of that and the sponsorships and the and the concessions go back to the graduating classes and and to the programs at the schools and so it's really a big sense of pride that the community has and um and i love it and and just to touch on on like you said we may kind of be inner city, you know, Harlandale, and McCullum, and uh, in such a very large city, one of the largest cities in the country, but our little 14 square miles is like a little small town within that city, and, and it's, it's, it's an amazing experience to be a part of And So I'm blessed, and I feel lucky to be a part of it, just like I know you guys feel the same way uh, with your time there as well.
2: Yeah. And just to, to expand upon the, the alumni term, I think this, uh, this year we're going to give, uh, about $12,000 away in scholarship and scholarships to to seniors that are, are deserving and are in need. Um, and, and you guys do the same as well. And that's, that's, uh, like you said, a testament to, you know, these, these alumni that are coming back and spending their hard-earned dollars to not only play, but just to watch and, uh, it, it's kind of funny. You'll see grandmas and you'll see parents, and they're, they're up in the stands. And the, you know, there's three or four hundred people in the stands, and the, you're you're like, wow, this is like a real game, you know. And, and it gets really competitive, but uh, like you said, uh, it, it's it's all for the kids, and it all goes back to the kids, and that's just that's just a, a testament of what our community is. It started to get painful too.
0: Uh, it hurts after uh, the Monday following. <laughs> you know. Well, one of the neatest experiences that I've had, you know, just having been there for six years now and then graduating from there. And so a lot of my, my guys are playing, and I'm still actively playing. And so just when I get a chance to play against guys that I coach against, and I see them doing things that, that, that maybe we taught them, and it's just driving me nuts because I can't move them, <laughs> um, and, and so last year we, we played in the championship game. And against a bunch of kids that I coached, and they're all 20 to 22 years old, and and they beat us. And and if I was going to lose to anybody, it'd be those guys. And it was a blessing just to be a part of that environment. And uh, I look over at our bench, and half of our guys are hurt and pulled hamstrings and whatever. But <laughs> but it was a, a great experience to be able to compete against our kids, and 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 now they're giving back to the community. So it's just a really neat experience. These alumni tournaments.
1: One of my funnest, funnest days of the year, Marcus. I love all the build up before I'll get text messages from guys saying, oh, it's 2008 and we're, we're already practicing. We got this gym rented out and we're, we're getting ready for this. And 2001 took care of us last year, but we, we've got an answer for them now. And <laughs> Thinking, no, you don't. Yeah. Uh, just to hear all that and the anticipation and the buildup, and then go to see that. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, not just the basketball, but all the people, so. And, and, and we're gonna get into the rivalry
0: right now, but before we do that, just I don't think people realize, one, how when you're in it as a young player in high school, how big the rivalry is. And then, but through all that, and years and years down the road, those those rivalries become friendships, right? So some of my best friends went to Harlandale, you know. And back at the time, I probably wouldn't have talked to the guy, guys, those guys. But but now, I mean, we our families are growing up together, and and so it's neat to see at a Harlandale tournament, you'll see a bunch of McCullum guys there supporting, and then at the McCullum tournament, you'll see a bunch of older Harlandale guys come over and and support. So that. That bond that was once a huge rivalry then becomes a you know, very strong yeah. friendship. So it's it's really neat to be a part of that whole community. But just to <clears throat> touch on the on the rivalry, now you got the frontier ball on the football field. Uh, the volleyball games are always real packed, and the baseball games, and obviously our basketball games have always been real competitive. Um, just talk about the experience, maybe for someone on the outside that doesn't really know what to expect from a dell McCullum rivalry game. No, how how would you guys paint that picture
2: well uh you know going through it as a player and and now as a coach uh you can't be remiss without mentioning uh like you said the frontier bowl and and what that that is um you know the you know it may be another sport but uh the 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 sense of pride that that our communities have and and um are, are on display that whole week during the Frontier Bowl. even if it has, you know, it has nothing to do with basketball, you know, obviously it's, it's a football game, but um, our kids really, really get into it. And then even more so uh, our community gets into it. So you're, you're talking about 10, 11, 12,000 people at the game, depending on, you know, how good the teams are. Obviously the, the better the teams are, the bigger the crowd. Um, but there's nothing like going to a, a Friday night frontier bowl. And that's just, that's just the way it is. There's not much like it run around us uh, in our area anymore. You know, you could compare it to the chili bowl. You can compare it to to some, you know, some of these other bowl games around. But there's nothing like that one. You know, we're we're, we're neighbors, 14 square miles, like we talked about earlier. Uh, and that's really where where it gets based off of. Um, you know, I'm not ashamed to say that. You know, it it gets based off of that. Um, but um, the uh, the other sports definitely have their battles as well. Um, you know, when Marcus and I, when we played, uh, we were in different divisions. So, uh, at the time, Harndell was 5A. There was no 6A. Um, and McCollum was 4A. So, we didn't play the last game of the year. We didn't play twice a year. We, we played one time in basketball. We we played, I think, the second second game of the year, my senior year in football. And, uh, yeah, it, it meant a lot, but it wasn't uh, exactly the same. Um, and like Chris mentioned earlier, we, we dropped down in division. and we were in the same event and I think it picked up right back where we left off uh, and, and, and playing that last game of the year or the last game of uh, a round in basketball or volleyball or baseball and, then, you know, finishing the season with that game. Uh, there's always something riding on it and um, it doesn't matter how good you are or how good the team is or what the record is um, and what the other team's record is. It's just an all out battle and, 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 you you can't you can't say well this team's gonna win because they're better. it doesn't matter uh you know the, the the kids are gonna play um their best game of the year, and uh that's just the way it is it's physical um it's uh it's a demanding game, but um you know it never gets dirty It never gets to that point where you know it gets uh, out of hand and, and there's always a mutual respect, and uh like you said. Uh, at the end of the day, they're going to see each other at HEB. They're going to see each other at Walmart. And, you know, there's not a lot of uh, animosity in that sense. Yeah. The the one time a a year we play or the two times a year we play, you know, they're they're our rival and that's just the way it is. But, but, uh, you know, after that, you know, you shake your hands and, and, and you move on. And like you said, you're you're friends with, with Harndell alum. And I, you know, I'm fortunate enough to, to be a part of both communities. So I have, a lot of uh, you know hands in, in in the pool in that sense, and uh, you know I, I've coached a lot of great people over there, and you know like I said earlier, that's it's a great place to be, and you know you're you're uh, you know you'll be the first to say how lucky you are to be over there as well. Coach Adam,
1: well when I first got there, they said, hey your your main rival is McCullum, and I said, well uh, where where's the line for those kids? He said, well you just basically walk across. Military drive there, and that's McCullum. If you're on this side by the HEV, then that's Harlandale. So I I knew the kids that they had met each other since they were five years old. Um, I didn't have any idea how the, excited the community would get. Uh, Eric's background there with the four, the two corners way up there, those started filling up the first my first year there. Uh, in standing room only, and I, I was literally shocked at how excited uh, the, the community thought uh, and how much they supported uh, those those games and how very important, I mean, 10,000 people for football, but basketball was a big deal, uh, especially when Harland and McCullum were really good, which was most of the time from... 2005 to now, uh, we were both in the playoffs uh, almost every year uh, competing for district titles. Um, but uh, just to, to have those rivalries, uh, that's, uh, that's, those games are something I'm never gonna forget. Can you guys uh,
0: talk about maybe a couple of your more memorable moments during those rivalries? A certain moment, like like Eric said, let's talk about that that uh, third round playoff game to go into the regional tournament. You know, McCullum will meet up. Do we have to, Marcus? Eric brought <laughs> it up. I didn't bring it. <laughs> well,
1: here, here's here's my take. We we had won our second round game on Friday, and McCullum was playing Flower Bluff on Saturday, so we went to go watch him, the scout, and I'm sitting there, and this kid. Their best player, Mike Rodriguez, hits his first 10 shots. And I'm sitting there going, "What? Well, if McCullum wins, we're going to have a heck of a time because I don't know, know any way to stop that kid. Uh, and they ended up beating Flower Bluff. And we played a phenomenal game versus them in Incarnate Word. We were a bunch of three-point shooters. I mean, as soon as we walked in the gym, we were chunking it up. Yep. And uh, – we shot over fifty percent that game from the three point line and we got beat. Uh that's how good he was and how how dominant uh Coach Soto's team was. So that's that's good memories. That's a good time.
2: Sure. Well, you know, uh that that's definitely a famous game. Um, you know, at the time I was uh, I was still in college and I was uh coaching at Central, but uh I went and watched that game and, and um the uh, the atmosphere is uh, you know it's it's electric to 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 put a pun in that way in that sense uh, you know that game was it was so highly contested uh, you talk about two contrasting styles you know Coach Adam, like, like he said he he wanted to fill it up and at the time I think uh, those teams were leading the state in in three point percentage and uh, the amount of threes that they were putting up and and making and uh, Coach Soto's team which we got a find a way to peer pressure him in, into getting into this conversation because uh, he's, he's a good storyteller, and we, we can have a good time on that one. But, uh, you know, his team was uh, the complete opposite. You know, they were going to limit pos- possessions. They were going to uh, get down and, and, and really uh, try to defend you and, and, and score off with their turnovers. And, uh, you know, it was just a, a, a great night for basketball. Um, you know, I, even though I wasn't a part of it, I, I, got, to, I got to see it. And uh, that, that one's probably one of the biggest, uh, you know, basketball games in, in Harndale history. You know, it's not, it's not very often that you, you play your neighbor uh, with so much riding on the line. Absolutely. Uh, and, and those two teams, uh, you know, you, you see them in the alumni tournaments. They're, they're still winning. You know, they're, they're close to 30 years old, and they're, they're still up there, and they're still competing, and they're beating, like, like you said, these young kids uh, that have all the athleticism and, and all the, the legs still. Uh, but that just shows you how good these guys were and uh chris 's team and 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 jerry 's team at the time they were just really really good uh in, in different sense and that and that goes to show you you can really there's there 's different ways to to skin a cat and 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 to get to uh to where you want to be as a program you know uh similar kids uh similar uh similar everything, but just two complete different styles um and, uh, you know, that's just one of the best games probably I've ever seen is, is that game right there.
0: You know, in that game too, I mean, I wasn't uh, coaching at the time. Like, we were both fresh out of college, real young. Uh, I think me and Eric, you graduated in O2, right? We're the same year? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't working there either. I, I forgot where I was at, at the time. But I went to the game, and uh, and at the end, it was I think it was the most unassuming shooter on the
2: court ends up with the ball
0: and hits the shot,
2: right? Was it, who was it, Blockley? Might have been Block. I'd have to ask my, uh, my assistant, Fabian Vialliato, uh, who's, uh, who's a McCullum alumni. I think it but was Block. It might be Block. It might have been Jacob Martinez. It could have been someone of those guys.
0: But It was a guy that you wouldn't have expected to take the shot, but I think it, the ball ended up in his hands, and <laughs> he let it fly, and it went in. And so, you
1: no, know, those... Yeah, I, I remember most was we had, and of course, Jerry, seven guys there, ready to take the charge. <laughs> uh, they, it was you know, block charge call. And it was a charge going the other way, wave it off. Uh, defense ended up winning that night.
2: <laughs> well, um, well, Mark, Mark, you know, before before we go on, let's. Uh, I mean, I I want to make sure and give uh, you know, Coach Adamak the the credit because. Uh, You know, before he got to Harndell, we always had good teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he talked about my team, and we were ranked in the top ten in the city, and we beat uh, the number one team, Sam Houston, that year. And and we ended up not even making the playoffs because we're we're in a real tough district in 5A. But until Chris uh, came around and really changed uh, the style and the culture there at Harndell, it was uh, may not have been the best job in the world, but I think, uh, you know, when, when Chris came in and, – and, and he'll tell you he struggled just like anybody else – but when Chris got it going, man, he was really something special to watch his teams uh, would really light you up and they'd really, uh, you know, shoot the ball well. I mean, you really had to game plan differently for them.
1: Absolutely.
2: Um, and that goes – that's just a testament to, to his vision because uh, before then it was it was definitely get the ball in the paint and slow it down and sit in the zone. And, and Crystal plays zoned, and, and we can get t- on that topic later. But uh, but uh, the, his offensive style um, really lent itself to the type of kids that we have. And uh, they really, really capitalized on uh, the, the small, quick, fast guys that could really handle the ball, guard-oriented. Guard um, and uh, that was that was his vision that, that brought, uh, brought that to Harndell and you know, we wouldn't have those games without without Chris and uh, what he he brought to 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 Harndale High School.
0: No, just to add to that too, I tell people all the time. You know, you see the shift in, in the way basketball is being played. You know, through high school and college and in the pros with the Steph Curry's of the world. And Steph Curry absolutely is changing the game the way he's playing. Uh, but I tell people all the time, I've been seeing that on the south side of of San Antonio for for years and years. Right, you know, Chris Adamex teams. They've been playing that way uh, for as long as I can remember. So I'd, I'd rather give Chris Adamack the credit for uh, <laughs> so introducing that style to our area because he he really was a master of getting those guys open opportunities at the line at
2: three point line and, and finding
0: ways to get those shots off. So much respect, Chris.
2: Yeah, he was yeah. definitely ahead of his time. Like you know, the, we didn't have that that uh, that style, yeah. and Chris brought that in and uh it's really taken off and you see everybody play that way and that's just an interesting thing that 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 chris saw that before it really hit uh and and you see all these these teams that are you know uh with analytics and the the popularity and the efficiency of a three um chris chris saw that before all that stuff um so that's just uh you know that i i called him an offensive genius earlier but uh you know, it, it goes without saying, and you know, all the coaches here in San Antonio in the area can definitely testament that uh, he saw things before, uh, you know, the, the time came, and, and uh, we were ahead of the game because of what, what Chris uh, brought to, to his program and, and his style.
1: Thank you, guys. Uh, I'll tell you what, the the funny thing with that is after kids graduate, it's always the post players at the alumni game or I'll see them come back to an open gym and they'll get at the three-point line and they'll shoot and shoot and shoot and they'll try to prove to me that they can hit shots too. <laughs> 20 years later. <laughs> Coach, Coach Adamick always held me back. Yes, he hey, I got to have one guy to go get a rebound. <laughs> I got four guys sitting right here. <laughs> I can shoot, look. <laughs> yeah
0: no, that's 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 good stuff, coach. I mean, you were definitely ahead of your time and and uh, and as a shooter, my, I like I love to shoot threes. so I don't like going in the paint anymore. But I can appreciate that style definitely. I know we've touched on it some, but let's talk a little bit about uh, just some impactful moments in your coaching career where you felt, you know what, I'm in it, this is this is for the right reasons, you know changing lives, you know that kind of
2: thing. Well, I think um, you know, and we've all coached in the, the same community. Uh, the The fact that uh, you know the Harner McCullum kid, we really have a, an opportunity to be a good influence on these these young men. Um, that's something that not everybody has, and that that's something that uh, we can't take for granted as as educators and and leaders of young men that that we have an opportunity to be a good influence on them. Um, you know a lot of our kids not all a lot of our kids um, they come from single parent households and um, they they're not as fortunate as, as Marcus and I and, and Chris and i and you know, that we had both parents at home and you know they, they go through things that uh, maybe they they shouldn't be having to go through at, at a young age and they mature a lot faster and they go through a lot of things that the young kids probably shouldn't have to go through um, so I don't know if there's one that necessarily stands out but the, the impact that we have on those kids that really, really need it. They really need a young or, or, or just a male positive influence or just a positive influence in their lives. Um, I think, you know, just, just being able to continue that relationship, not only in the basketball court because they're going to talk to you about all sorts of things and girlfriends and, uh, relationships and, uh, you know, how to deal with mom and dad and, and the difficulties that, you know, kids shouldn't have to deal with. And, um, that's just uh, a, a good thing in the sense that we can be there for them and, and we can, we can help them. Um, and uh, even, even to this day, and, and Chris is, uh, Chris talked about it earlier. You know, we, we talked to some of our ex players that, that are going to college or maybe they're in the workforce and, you know, they, they come to us and they have questions and these issues and they come to advice. And that's something that uh, that's pretty special that you have those,
1: those type of relationships. What's that, Mike? I think Eric said it really well, uh, and it's. I've had some. I had some really good players at Harlandale. You know, I talked about Jonathan Gonzalez before. Aaron Lopez averaged about twenty. I had several guys that were right around there, but it's. Uh, kind of uh, kids that were on the outskirts, or maybe a sub, or maybe a kid that really played his role to perfection uh kids like James Burkett uh kids like who had two kids in high school and uh he's bringing his kid up to school on Saturday to practice I'm like what are we going to do with him he's oh he's going to be fine coach we got him right here yeah he, just put him right here on the side well what if a ball like bounces and hits him or something and he oh, no 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 we'll be fine and you know just but him going through that I remember I mean in, in 2007, and him playing a great game and winning a second-round playoff game, uh, and having just that was kind of a big breakthrough, breakthrough for all of us. And for for him to be on that team when when he's a sophomore, I'm thinking there's there's no way. I mean, he's got his first kid, is another one on the way. He needs to work and support his mom and. Uh, just, just to see that through. And, uh, those are, those are good moments for me. Also think about the kids that I wasn't able to help. Uh, and for whatever reason, they, uh, they didn't stick with the program. Uh, a couple, you know, kids who gotten some serious help so that, you know, there's always, you help these kids and I have a great relationship, but there's always a little bit of Well, I wish I, was there anything else? You kind of second guess yourself. Was there anything else I could have done to help Mm -hmm. so-and-so? Was there anything that I could have done for him, you know, go to his house and get him and talk to him one more time? Those house visits were, those were a pretty common thing back, back in around 2005. So, (laughs) So so-and-so in here, well, let's go get him. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, also I, I think, uh, Reminding you know these young men that that uh, that have to grow up probably before than they should is that uh, they're still kids. Uh, You know we have conversations with kids now that you know of course they have to go and help their families and go work and you know uh, you we're all pretty flexible.
1: Yeah, you you two guys have a huge responsibility because after I'd been in Harlandale a couple years, you realize. Those kids, they look how you dress, they look how you, you act. They, how does Coach Adamek react to things? When bad things happen, what's he going to do? Um, your, your players, and I know you know this, um, but uh, they learn so much from you, uh, not, not just basketball-wise, but, but how, to be, how to be a man and uh, how to be, uh, take care of your family, how to be good at your job. All those things that are life lessons, I mean, uh, you, you guys have a big responsibility. Y'all got a lot on your plate there. And it's a great thing to have on your plate. Uh, but uh, it's, it's really tough, too.
0: I'm, I know you guys, Eric, I know you feel the same way. Uh, I wouldn't want to be in any other place. I, lo- I love where I'm at. I love what I do. It, I feel blessed to be around these kids and, and be in a position to help them as much as we do. Uh, Harlandale's a special place. There's nothing like it. Sir. You know, I, we, we touched on a little bit about battles. We'll go back and lighten the mood a little bit. You talked about a McCullum victory. Uh, Eric brought it up, but, but we'll give you guys a, a, an opportunity to talk about you know a memorable game moment where, where Harlandale uh, came on top. Just anything that comes to mind.
2: Well, Marcus, it as uh, that like goes back to what we said. It's always even, so it's it's hard to pinpoint one yeah. specific one uh, because we're always going back and forth, and there's it's hardly ever a year that goes by that that uh, a McCullum team or a Harnell team wins both games that we play. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's it's hard to to pinpoint one, uh, but just for me, for for uh, you know, out, out, out of perspective. I guess one of the the biggest ones that uh, that I've had for sure is uh, when we had a couple of years ago. We had the regional team and uh, you know your team and our team. were we're playing for the district title and we're we're playing at McCullum and just uh, the the uh, the atmosphere and the 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 crowd and the the pressure on every single shot. You know that doesn't happen uh, very often that we're both playing for a district title like that. Um, so that that's the one thing I can compare it to probably that uh, that that uh, round three game was, was that sense. And we had a really good team that, uh, that uh, that was my first year as, as head coach at Harndell. So they were, they were well coached before I even got there, uh, you know, with, with coach Adamek and his style. And I just, I just tried to bring my sense and and my, my style in and and mesh it together. Um, And we had, we had some, some talented guys like Bryce Carter and, and uh, some of those other guys that are in there, Caleb Garcia, those guys that, uh, that were real successful with the, uh, with that group that went to regional. Jeremy, Jeremy Ramon, that, that hit one of the biggest shots in, in Harndel history, hit, hit a, a half-court shot uh, to tie the game and go into overtime in the third round against uh, Laredo Martin to take us to regionals. Uh, we go on and win in that one in overtime. So that was a special team. So that one's always going to be a little extra uh, because of uh, A, being my first, and then uh, B, also the, the success that that group had. You know, even on our
0: end, that game, uh, we, we didn't win that game, but it was a wonderful game to be a part of. It was such a highly competitive game. Uh, and I saw one of the more memorable individual performances on Sotelo's end where I think he had like 40-something points, mm-hmm. um, and you guys found a way to withstand that and, and, and come out on top. But, but just to be a part of that atmosphere, like you said, both of us playing for a district title at the time, last game of the season. There's you know, there's a lot on the line, so much pressure on the kids and to watch both sides watch the kids come through and play at a high level um, you know it was, it was beautiful to watch, just like they were they were all meant for that moment
2: you know the uh, the one of the interesting things was, was and you, you probably saw it on your end was uh, was the look in their eyes yep. uh you know during the timeout, and they were just they were mentally exhausted, they were physically exhausted uh. You know, and and it wasn't so much we were talking to them about three-minute segment and let's concentrate on that. Um, like you said, let's concentrate on little details. Like Sotelo was uh, was going off and he was scoring on this one play that that he popped off from the short corner. and He hit two or three threes in a row and we were just, yeah, we're <laughs> we were just trying to to, to slow him down because he had it going. But uh, man, just the, the the faces of these kids and the the understanding of what was on the line and how much pressure they were under because. Uh, you know, that was one that they were gonna remember for the rest of their lives and then they had to go to school the the next morning and then face their, their peers and man you should have won that game or man that was a great game and uh you know just the pressure those those poor kids were under and, and, and had to deal with was, was immense.
1: I think for me anytime you won at McCollum, it was a big deal. That was such a hard place to play. Uh being in that little dugout of a on that thing. By the way, I still hate that. When are y'all going to fix that? I'm never going to fix it. That's garbage, Marcus. Never. <laughs> I've, I've had, that's the worst. <laughs> anyway. That's, that's my quarters, part of it. <laughs> I've had quarters dropped on me. a Coke spilled. Oh, sorry. You know, look like. Yeah, you got it coming. Uh, but uh, I, I remember the 07, the 17 Jerry had a real good team as well, winning in Charles Place. Uh, but the the wins in general uh, at at McCullum uh, for timeouts, where you're hollering and screaming as much as you can, and the kids are looking at you and they're paying attention, but you know they're not listening. They can't hear you anyways, so they're picking up a little bit. So I'm basically I'm going, okay, give the ball to this guy, give it, to <laughs> give it to Aaron. Rest y'all get (laughs) Get out of the way.
0: (laughs) So yeah, so much for offensive
1: game planning in a couple of those games when it gets tight.
0: We try our best in those games to to plan and to execute, but at the end of the day, the kids are just going to go play. Uh, We'll we'll talk and we'll talk and we'll talk about this or that, right? You you guys are planning like that year on on Satello. We're talking about Caleb trying to scheme and and. at the end of the day, the kids, the kids are just going to play. It all goes
2: out the window anyway. <laughs> yeah, Marcus, it's uh, – you know, when, when we were growing up, we called it behind Kmart, right? But it's Sussex Park. It just goes back to that, that, uh, that park days where they went out there playing against each other in the park because we can draw up whatever, but it's – like you said, it's always going to go back to, hey, with the time we were playing on some Saturday afternoon and we're playing in the park and it's just the way it is. That's the way it's going to go. We're, we're all
0: fortunate to be a part of a huge rivalry. Not, not all coaches get to experience that. Um, some do, some don't. Um, but those that do get to be a part of something special. And so I, I feel honored to, to be a part of that rivalry, as I'm sure you guys do. Um, it's really fun. It's a fun part of coaching. I enjoy it. I'm not going to lie. I enjoy it a hundred times more now as a coach than I ever did as a player. Because I like to see the kids enjoy it. And, and I get more pleasure out of that even in the, in the moments where we don't win um, like you said there's 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 uh most of them get split down down the middle every year uh, for the most part and um, and and it's really difficult to win at the other guy's place uh, but when you see them have that success in those big moments or 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 even Satella like that year we we didn't win that game but he had such a huge performance you know just to see the look of pride in their eyes and and they gave it everything they had. It's, it's really more pleasurable for me as a coach uh, to be a part of that than, than it was as a player. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know.
2: No, no, no. I, I completely agree. Uh, it, you know, Chris talked about a little bit. How about uh, the two gyms that we, that we get to play in every day? The, those uh, – you talked about real best-kept secrets. Those two gyms are, are phenomenal. Uh, especially, you know, our, our, I'm going to be biased. Our Hardinville gym is one of the best shooting gyms in the in the in the, in the you know in the United States, and you know you're going to shoot the ball well. If you're a visiting team, good luck. Uh, but as far as the Indians are going to shoot the ball well, again, you got to deal with the dugouts at uh, and McCullum, which I happen to like, actually, by the way. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, you're going to get some dirty looks, and you're going to get some some things maybe uh, said to you that uh, we don't want to, beat, but uh, the gym's dark. Uh, it you know at the time it was one huge sign now they got they got two sides which kind of has taken a little bit away from from the atmosphere i think a little bit but man that, that gym would get packed and, and back in the day before we had ac and Hinder it, it you know that that just added a little extra to it but uh we have we have two of the best best gyms in in the state of texas for sure you talk
1: you talk about Harlandell being a shooter's gym i I remember so many times where we would get up on non-district opponents. Like I remember steel coming in and a kid named Rocky Baceno hits seven threes in the first half and we're up 20 on them. I mean, in a blink and you know, they're they're good. I mean, so, uh, we beat some teams that we shouldn't have. Um, uh, that home court advantage is, is second to none.
0: I think, uh, it, like Going back to what you guys were saying, that it's huge for our kids. I mean, they, they get to practice in that gym every day. They're on campus in the gym all the time, and there's a real sense of a home court advantage at both places, uh, no matter who you play. And and um, not everybody gets to experience that. A lot of big schools have big centralized gyms that they'll play in. Um, so our kids are lucky, and it's something that, that they don't realize now, but when they think back, you no, know, it's going to be uh, very memorable, you know, being able to play in front of your home crowd and to have it feel like a real home court advantage type situation. Agreed.
2: Well, guys. Hey, Chris, you... Chris, oh, boy. Wait, I want yeah. I want Chris to tell the story about the rims there at Harndell and, and not refusing to change the rims. Uh, do you remember that story?
1: Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> uh,
2: I remember you telling me a story that, that the athletic director had a great idea at the time about. Hey, the those rims—they look kind of raggedy. Let's change them out. And I think you put your foot down and said, "Heck, no, am I changing those rims?"
1: I I had a night guard watch on those to make (laughs) changed in the evening or anything by the night custodial staff. That's that was the key to our success, man. You'd have those soft floaters and they'd bounce up there, and uh, those those rims were worth ten thousand bucks to me. Well, I mean, and then you guys,
0: just in general, have had a ton of great shooters go through. I mean, both schools have had a ton of great shooters uh, go through. But something about that home gym that, that gets them going.
1: That's part of it. I mean, it was the style that we played. But you can't play that style if you don't have great shooters and great guards. Yeah. Uh, and Harlandale McCollum, they's there was, there's was there been a ton of great guards. So uh, it's it's a two-way street. Well I'm I'm grateful for you guys.
0: It's it's an honor to, to compete against y'all regularly. Um who knows, maybe some point next year, Chris, one of us will see you in the second, third round of the playoffs, and we'll we'll get to compete again. Uh but as for now, you know, we're not we're not scheduled with each other. And uh, so we get to take a little break, no a small break. That, that was for a reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. Thank you. <laughs> but but I appreciate it. Uh I'm having a blast doing these, these zoom talks with all these coaches Now everybody has such different journey that they're talking about and different perspectives and things. And, and I'm just trying to take as many notes as I can and trying to learn from everybody if possible. But I appreciate you two hopping on with me and talking.
2: Uh, it's been great. Uh, we can, we can sit here and do this all day. It's, uh you know, we're going to miss the, the TABC conference and that's usually a time where we get together and talk, yep. but uh, man, we can do this all day. We can, we can get a, a, a sitcom going we'd be great
0: oh we, we, we can tell stories all day about this whole this whole every game we can break down the games and oh yeah I'm sure people will be interested because there's been so many scenarios for both of us you know uh, on both ends that, that have worked out in our favors that come down to the wire a great performance by this kid a last second shot here free throws there a loose ball there I mean just so many different scenarios I, I was thinking about it the other day talking to my wife because, you know, we had nothing but time to talk about everything. And so we're talking about this stuff, and uh, I was like, I can't pick a favorite moments of our rivalry because there's been so many close games, right, so many big-time plays and big-time performances. And, and Doesn't sp- it just
2: seem like it's always like that? Every game is like that? Exactly. So it's like,
0: how do you pick one? I, I, don't, I just can't pick a, a favorite. No, they're all my
2: favorite. When you win, of course.
0: Yeah, yeah, obviously, you know, but but the losses, even the losses, there's there's a lot, a lot to take from them, a lot of learning to do, even in those games, because you, you have to learn how to handle giving everything that you have as a young player, and if you come out on the losing end, that's a great lesson how you handle that, right? How do you handle those emotions? Where do you put them, and how do you deal with them? So was, our kids are blessed to learn how to deal with that because at some point they had to have lost a dell McCullum rivalry game, and how did they deal with that the next day? And so, so, yeah, like F-
2: funny story about about being across from Chris. You know, when I was I was Jerry Soto's assistant at McCullum, uh, you know, Chris had a really good team, and I was uh, I was one of the guys in charge of of scouting them. So uh, I'm he's calling a play, and I, and I'm doing my best to say, hey, this is gonna happen, pin down this whatever, and Chris looks at me and goes, never mind, they know it and then he changes the play, and then he runs something completely different. But that's about the, as mad as I've seen Chris get when you know, he gave me a dirty look, and I was like, okay. But, I, man, I tried the best I could to scout against him, and it didn't matter. He just had 10 more plays if he wanted to. <laughs>
1: you
0: know, one of my favorite memories of Chris is a picture, and it's a picture of one of our games when you're at Harlandale, Chris. and uh, And I think – we got a charging call on us. What the picture looks like? It was in the newspaper, and I'm like making some weird face, and you're you're pointing the other way, real casually, and uh, and for some reason that picture just sticks in my mind. And it was even they were doing like SAT scores around the city, and they, they did one on you know the rankings, and and they had McCollum on there somewhere, but they used that picture, and I'm like <laughs> I don't even know what that has to do with our test scores, but there I am like. And there's <laughs> pointing the other way
2: you were actively monitoring
0: yeah <laughs> well this has been great guys i appreciate you guys i don't want to take up uh, any more of your time uh but thank you for hopping on i appreciate what y'all do for your kids and i look forward to uh, hopefully getting back in the gym and preparing for for you guys soon
1: thanks marcus thanks eric miss you two guys
0: yes sir likewise
1: take care
2: yeah definitely definitely hopefully we can do this again sometime and Love, love talking to you guys, and and uh, you know, hopefully everybody stays safe, and and we get out of this mess, uh, okay, and we we'll get back to things that like they used to be, as far as, as that's concerned, and we learn from things that we we can learn from.
0: Absolutely, yeah. you guys have a good day.
2: Mm-hmm. All, right. All right, guys, bye-bye. bye bye.
0: Mm-hmm.